Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 4th of September 2012. For newcomers, you should go into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourself to the over a thousand audios for free download because I put the the system you're born into into perspective for you to give you shortcuts to understand the big system you're born into, the one the media doesn't talk about because the media is owned by those who own the big system, basically. And that's a factual truth because they set up uh, big departments back in the 30s and 40s, the big boys themselves, three top characters, in fact the Rockefellers at the top, to decide how many papers they'd need to control to give and standardize the media across all of America, for instance. And they thought, they thought at the time about 30 would do it, and it's come down to even less than that. Now it's all put through Reuters, which Rothschild's own, and uh, that's where you have your standardized news. And that gives your opinions to you, it gives your impressions of the world, the ones that you want to think about, that they want you to think about. And of course, as I say, it, it brings you to your conclusions, which are actually theirs. So help yourself to the audios. There's lots to learn about the organizations that came out of the 1800s. Very rich men, of course, in the, in the clubs that they formed and their big front organizations, which are called foundations, tax-free exempt foundations, which pretend not to play politics. Technically, they don't play politics. Politics is a game for the public to believe in, and they put the politicians in anyway. And uh, the guys at the top make an agenda, and you're living through an agenda, a script. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you because they don't bring on advertisers as guests that scare you for 45 minutes and then give you the solution at the end for a costly price. And I don't um, have shares or anything else in products that are sold. All I do is sell the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And believe you me, that's, that would hardly keep most folk alive these days. So if you want to buy them, you can go into the website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, find out how to do it. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember personal checks are still good as are international postal money orders from the post office. You can use PayPal and or you can send cash. And across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram and PayPal. And straight donations are really awfully welcome in this time of austerity, as they say. But as I say... Most folk don't know. We get caught up in today's news, and every day there's bucket loads of news for you to chat about. Going back to Brzezinski, talking about 30, 40 years ago about the future, which is now, of course, he said eventually the public will be unable to think for themselves. They'll expect the media to do their reasoning for them, their actual reasoning. And all they'll talk about is the previous day's news or that day's news, because that's all that's given to them. And we do expect the media, we've been trained to believe that the media is there like some sort of appendage to our conscience and to our very survival, and they'll tell us what's wrong and what to be worried about and what to do about things, but of course they don't. They don't. And that's how, why you're so easily run and you vote all the time. 
for the same uh, one system. It's one system. It's one party system. And, and even the top guys in the Council on Foreign Relations who really put all the news out to most of the media uh, and, and it's copied by their own members in all the major newspapers. Very, very high organization is the CFR. And they uh, talk about it too, that they give the public their opinions and so on. And yet we don't vote them in. You see, you're not run by politics. Politicians, according to CFR and Carl Quigley, who was a historian, they put in your presidents and have since the late 1800s, before they were even called the CFR. They've had many names down through the centuries. And the same in Britain, too, with the Royal Institute of International Affairs and all the branches across the so-called British Commonwealth, which is still going strong today. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix talking about the big system. And it's so important that you understand it because it's a very old system. And I've mentioned before about the different organizations uh, that arose at least openly in the late 1800s. Uh, the Cecil Rhodes group uh, that merged with the Alfred Milner group. A lot of these guys actually weren't British at all, but they came from Germany. And later on, they funded the communist system, too, and their own boys in Germany went into the Soviet, what became the Soviet Union. And they decided to take over the whole planet, basically. They run the left wing and the right wing. And out of the dialectic you have today, this mess of, there's no culture anymore, because that was part of it, destroy all the world's culture, then the one group dominates it all. Quite simple. And they, they dish out by the bucket loads news every day. Lots of the news, too, is simply rehashed stuff like the Apple iPhones and so on and, and how Apple's got programs out now that the cops can use to turn off your cameras. That's old stuff. Just rehashed. So they rehash an awful lot of news to keep you chatting away and, and worried about things, even though you shouldn't be worried. In fact, you shouldn't even have the darn phone in the first place because it's the main tracking device that there is on everything that you do. But folk will do it because, you see, advertising and repetition overtakes and overcomes any factual evidence. It's well known. A lie told a thousand times by anybody, you know, becomes reality. But we find all countries are in on the same agenda. It's a world agenda. Remember, we're global now and no one voted for it, at least not the ordinary people anywhere in any country. It was decided by the big organization that even runs the, the, the European Union, this massive parliament, this, this new Soviet system that they runs the whole of Europe. And um, uh, the guys who run that system are secular humanists. It's a new term, you see, for the, the old communist Soviet type system. And it's run the same way. It's not, it's not uh, a democratic in any way, shape or form. So they've accomplished their mission. And as I say, it all started in the city of London by guys who'd moved in with bags of cash a long, long time ago, and some even more recent, and simply started their big organizations. It sounds awfully nice, like Royal Institute for International Affairs. It sounds like it's very official, and it's given a royal charter to exist. But in actual fact, it's a private organization that's set up to take over the whole planet using the British system, which is not... Remember, the British didn't create their system. The guys in the city of London gave Britain their system and, and the modern culture, by the way. 
Because they say the whole idea was to destroy all cultures, but they still keep the British, this new British system, the old empire, as the embryo, and they build on it with, inter, with international free trades. Right down to bringing in the top communist countries like China, for instance, that's outpacing everybody as the greatest communist capitalist ever invented, because it's the same boys that run it over there, you see, and their banks. But every country, as I say, goes through it. Now, we talk about freedom and independence and, and all this kind of stuff, but it's really pie in the sky. It's really, it truly is pie in the sky, because you see, we were taken over a long time ago, and we've had generations growing up now in a, in a completely different system. And it only takes one generation to, to alter it all, and that was all done a long time ago. Deculturalize. All the things that you hold near and dear and make you all stand together for things was destroyed. You see. But we find countries like Australia that's, that's sinking under all the taxes that they've got now because they've got a, a wonderful Fabian socialist in, and that was one of the techniques they used in Britain. The same organization, mind you, uh, funded by the Astor Family and Foundation, uh, they're run the banking systems as well, created the Fabian Society to bring communism in through the back door. Because the capitalists who were the Fabian guys that, that, like the, at the very top, and the guys who, who funded them, like the Astor family, uh, also wanted the communism, you see. And eventually a, a sort of socialized world based on communism where the banks could, could rule us all using academia at the top, all the experts, and run the world that was the way it should be run, not the way, the haphazard way it is today, or it was then, I should say. Because it's all standardized now. The same news you get in one country is the same news as in another. But we're buying drones, everybody's buying drones. It's a big, big, big sale apparently on drones across the world. And it's going to be the new economy in some places like the States, for instance. And Canada's already got them down at the Kingston area. They're flying all over the area uh, every darn day. But it says Australia moves to buy $3 billion spy drone fleet. A whole fleet of them they want, you see. Uh, and supposedly, to, to catch maritime surveillance, you know, guys bringing contraband and so on, and intercepting asylum seeker boats. Now, the big bankers knew this a long time ago, that when they create wars abroad, then pe- the same people, the same people who, who've got a, a, bucks, a few bucks here and there, will try to get out, rather than get bombed to hell. I mean, it makes sense. You'd do the same thing. And so they'd flood the very countries that are bombing them. You see, that's been happening for a long time. And when you bring them in, they've never come from countries that had this thing called rights and human rights and freedoms and this vague thing called democracy. They've never been told they have individual personal rights. So they go along with the system that's already manifest in totalitarian states like we're all in today. Works out perfectly, doesn't it? Anyway, it says the decision came despite claims that the Royal, remember it's a Royal Australian Air Force, this, this Royal thing is still with us after all these centuries in the British Commonwealth countries. Royal Australian, everybody in the Air Force and the military and Canada too and a few other countries swear allegiance to the Queen, not the country. And they all vote for politicians that also swear allegiance to the Queen. Anyway, uh, since the top commanders have long opposed the acquisition of unmanned aerial vehicles because they put pilots out of a job and threaten the Royal Australian Air Force culture. Well, that, that's standard. It's happening all over the place. But that is the way of the future, you see, right down to having them come 
in, near your window and looking through your window at home. That's where they want to go with all the small drones. I used to think it amazing that uh, George Orwell, in one of the movies, it was done in Britain, uh, they showed you, it opens with uh, Winston, the main character, trying to shave with this dull blade because they were under austerity in those days, you see, that the time may come. And you couldn't get razor blades anywhere, just like the Soviet Union. And behind him, in his window, and he's up in about two or three apart, uh, floors, up comes this black helicopter and sits and hovers outside. He's staring at him, you see. And here's your own governments wanting to do the same with you. And they're actually doing it in some places looking through people's windows. They've got infrared, they can scan through your roof and all of that. Why do you think they banned lead paint? <laughs> and it says a $200 million Northrop Grumman, Grumman. They've been in business for the entire war industry's system, the Grumman. The RQ-4 Global Hawk Reconnaissance Drone is the largest, most expensive unmanned aerial vehicle in the world today. Steve War is great business. Remember, too, when they run out of countries to, to bomb and take over and have standardized them all, they got to find enemies within. The Soviet Union used used uh, uh, the people uh, anti, they were anti-establishment, they were really counter-terrorists, you know, or counter-system terrorists, and that's what they called them. They were counter-revolutionaries, so that they, they were everywhere, apparently. Just like we've got them all over here, they're called terrorists everywhere. So they've got to do this to keep you in, in line, to keep you safe, you know. Anyway, its vast wingspan of 39.8 meters can lift the craft to 65,000 feet and stay airborne for 35 hours with an on-stop range of 16,000 kilometers. Aren't you impressed with all this technology? Wow, wow, wow. eh? Eclipsing the endurance of similar manned aircraft, it says. In 2004, the Howard government was so impressed with Global Hawk that plans were announced to buy a fleet of 12 of the spy drones for $1 billion. Of course, the cost goes up, though, too, doesn't it? All the time. I mean, it's going to cost more than $3 billion for what they're wanting now. Never mind all the parts and everything, which, of course, won't be meant to last very long. And I guess that the public pays for all, as always. Keep them safe. And you also pay for the taxes on carbon taxes because it's going to pollute as well. And also, it comes out that the U.S. flew spy drone missions from Australia. And maybe even still doing it for all we know. But the U.S. flew highly classified Global Hawk spy drone missions from the Royal Australian Air Force Base at Edinburgh and South Australia from late 2001 until at least 2006. They're probably still doing it. The operations were detected by a group of Adelaide aviation historians who had a member monitoring aircraft radio frequencies 20 hours a day. So they never told the public. Mind you, we don't get told very much at all of what's really going on. And it says, with a wingspan greater than 737, or 737 I should say, that's the Boeing, I think, airliner, and a $200 million price tag, the RQ-4 Global Hawk is the biggest, most expensive unmanned aerial vehicle to ever take to the skies. And the spy drone is a jewel in the crown of America's Global Electronic Intelligence Gathering Network. The Global Hawk operations are cloaked in secrecy, and the U.S. Air Force likes to keep it that way. But perhaps the, the Pentagon severely underestimated the vigilance of Adelaide's, Adelaide's aviation historians and the West Beach Aviation Group, which is called WBAG. <laughs> We're bag. <laughs> Anyway, so they give you the picture so that you can get, go, wow, and oh, 
and you, you probably come down to some sort of diagnosis of how much it's actually worth, you know, yourself. But how would you, much would you pay for it? What would you do with it? But it doesn't matter. You see, that's economy. It's a new economy. It's terrorism everywhere. You see. And it's, it's like the movie Brazil. For those who haven't seen it, they should watch it. Brazil, by Terry Gilliam, of the old Monty Python series, where he goes through uh, this farcical future. And he's got Brazil, darling. And it's all before all this stuff happens, 9-11 and all that. And um, there's always bombs going off in restaurants and all over the place. And his mother says to him, oh, my God, these nasty terrorists. And he says, mother, have you ever actually seen one of them? No one, no one, no one ever sees that the thing's getting planted because it's the own government that was doing it to keep the system going. Back with more after this break. I'm back, we're cutting through the matrix And there's so many cons going on all the time And you can always predict what's going to happen If you watch anything long enough You can always tell what the news is going to be And the decisions that are going to be made Because we've been under attack for an awful long time Including all the fallout from various types of the attacks from On the inoculations And even the GM food routing soaked in pesticides They understand this, what's going on at the top They knew what would happen before they gave it all to us In fact it's always tested out in animals galore, and people too in secrecy, and then they studied them all their lives, and they know what was going to happen. Then they mass dose everybody, and they watch what happens, it's what's expected to happen. Nothing happens in a big way in this world unless it's planned that way. I think FDR said that. And anyway, it says here, thousands of Australian children, this is going to be worldwide, by the way, with autism could miss out on government funding support and service because of changes to the way autism is diagnosed. This is a manual of medical disorders known as the DSM-5 used by psychiatrists around the world is being updated. The updated American guidebook for mental disorders is expected to be released in May next year, but already has many people nervous. The experts, you don't have to tell who, you know, anymore, but experts, you see, the way that Bertrand Russell says, we'll train the public to believe in experts. And if you say it's expert, and we believe it. You see. Experts say the creation of a new category for social communication disorder, you see, will mean more than 20% of children who now qualify as having a form of autism would fail to meet the new criteria. In other words, you won't get the funding, extra funding for the extra care that you need. Nicola Rogerson from Autism Awareness Australia said, not meeting the criteria for autism could see thousands of children miss out on government-funded programs. That's going to have a huge impact on those children, their outcomes, their families, and so on, it says. It's going to drop off that particular pot of funding, and it's going to have to be dealt with in a particular later pot of funding when that child isn't being very successful at school. Well, see, they knew what was going to happen, but we already see cutbacks in all national healthcare systems that the government run. Because, you see, uh, there's too many people on the planet, they keep telling us, and they've already gone through the different criteria. You're either a, a good consumer and producer, according to the United Nations, um, uh, when they talk about um, a global citizen. That, that's their definition for a global citizen, a good one, that is. But if you're just a consumer, you see, then really your class is a useless eater. In this. I'm not kidding you, folks. I'm not being nasty. That's what they've said themselves at the top over many, many years. Many, many years. And even the healthier ones, they want rid of them too. And bring the population down to a manageable level. 
So, as I say, whenever they create their problem, then they find ways to get out of funding the, the fallout of the problem. And this is starting in Australia. That will spread across the world because it all uses the same DSM-5. It's worldwide. And the European Union, this great socialist system, which is really communist, but it's run on behalf of the bankers. Remember the CFR, Royal Institute of International Affairs, same thing, was, has, has branches. They, everybody at the top of the, the EU Parliament is a member of it. And the guy who's in charge of the European Council on Foreign Relations is George Soros. So EU funding Orwellian artificial intelligence plan to monitor public for abnormal behavior. Now, in this day and age, what is abnormal since we've been under attack and have destroyed all normal culture? Completely destroyed it. And the things that used to be abnormal now are normal. And if you say anything else, you'll be fined or even put in prison. You see? You understand the kind of war you're, 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 and then, and you're born into and what you're up against. Massive mind control. The European Union is spending millions of pounds developing Orwellian technologies designed to scour the internet and CCTV images for abnormal behavior. This is a five-year research program called Project Index. aims to develop computer programs which act as agents to monitor and process information from websites, discussion forums. They've been doing that all along since they gave us the forums. That's why they gave you the forums and encouraged it. Uh, file servers, peer-to-peer networks, and even individual computers. Its main objectives include the automatic detection of threats and abnormal behavior or violence. Project INDECT, which received nearly £10 million in funding from the European Union, which is all taxpayers' money, of course, involves the police services of Northern Ireland and computer scientists at York University in England, in addition to colleagues in nine other European countries. Shami Chakrabarti, the Director of Human Rights Group Liberty, described the introduction of such mass surveillance techniques as a sinister step for any country, adding that it was positively chilling on a European scale. Well, they'll put up with it because, you see, we're, the Orwellian 84 is actually here a bit later. The index research, which began this year, comes as the EU is pressing ahead with an expansion of its role in fighting crime, terrorism and managing migration. These are the guys who cause all the problems. They are the criminals at the top. Terrorism, well, they're all for wars across the world, just declaring wars, well, that's terrorism. And managing migration, well, they've flooded all the countries of Europe with mass immigration to destroy the culture. That's part of international socialism, which is really communism. Increasing its budget in these area by 13.5% to nearly £900 million. This is from an EU uh, that, that's been robbing every member country every week by millions and millions of pounds and dollars and all the rest of it. Uh, every week to plug a hole in, Euro- in Greece, supposedly, that's sinking. And they can't tell you where the money is going. And people will, will continue to vote and won't do anything about it. Because there's no culture left. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
sound back. We're cutting through the matrix and you'll find in this big world of ours, it doesn't matter what system that the big boys use because they run both sides of everything. As I said, they used the Soviet system too. They owned it from London. In fact, they financed it. The whole time the Soviet Union existed, the West fed it, for goodness sake. Canada, right up to the end, was competing with the US for, for the grain harvest to, to supply Russia because they got the big contract every year. That doesn't matter, you see. A lie told often enough, as I say, even a thousand times becomes the truth to most folk. But if you were poor in the Soviet system, the poor country, and there wasn't much to look you off, you know, there wasn't lots of minerals and you weren't terribly strategically based, then you, you, you didn't have such a hard time of it. And it's the same when the big boys move in and pretend that they're, they're freeing them all and, um, and giving them freedom. Same thing as it want to loot you as well. And, well, some countries you see have joined the European Union. Again, this big conglomerate, the new Soviet Union, which is even worse because they, they leave you hardly anything at all. Constant panic and financial problems and all that, all the rest of it. And, and, and lots and lots of, of government agencies, believe you me. But one of the countries that didn't have an awful, awful lot of resources was Bulgaria. And they stood up against the EU Eurozone currency because they get looted like all the other countries if they do that to, to plug the hole in Greece and elsewhere. And it says here that if one needs a shining example of why the days of Europe's artificial currency are numbered, don't count on it. Look no further than the EU's poorest country, which moments ago said ne merci to the Eurozone and the European currency. From the Wall Street Journal, it says Bulgaria, the European Union's poorest member state and a rare fiscal bright spot for the bloc, has indefinitely frozen long-held plans to adopt the single currency, the euro currency, marking the latest fiscally prudent country to cool its enthusiasm for the embattled currency. Speaking in interviews in Sofia, Prime Minister Boko Borisov and Finance Minister Simeon Dankov said the decision to shelve plans to join the currency area, a long-time strategic aim of successive governments in the former communist state, came in response to deteriorating economic conditions and rising uncertainty over the prospects of the bloc. Alongside a decisive shift of public opinion in Bulgaria, see they've still got a culture in Bulgaria. They actually still kind of left kind of semi the same uh, with the, under the Soviet regime, and they still have a very old culture, which works. You know. So it says, which is entering its third year of, of an austerity program. The momentum has shifted in our thinking, and amongst the public right now, I don't see any benefits of entering the Eurozone, only costs, Mr. Jankov said. The public rightly wants to know who would, would we have to bail out when we join, and that's just the truth of it, isn't it? It's too risky for us, and it's also not certain what the rules are and what are they likely to be in one year or two. See, they've caught on to the scam, because every country in the, in the European Union has their central bank borrow money, generally from the, the new big one, the European Central Bank, and or the World Bank, you see. They borrow it to, to plug the holes. Now, the, the public are put down as a guarantors to pay back all these loans that, that are like every week. New loans, new loans, new, to plug this hole in Greece and Spain and everywhere else. It's a con, giant con. And no one comes out and says, well, here's where your money went to and give you a list of where it all went to. That doesn't happen. It's a con, pure con, for power over the public. Get you all destitute and in poverty forever. And they rule over you because you'll, you, if you really believe in this money con, you'll, you'll believe, oh, well, we'll be in this debt forever and ever and ever, you see. That's the technique that's used. So Bulgaria has given them the finger, and good for them. So that's a good way of doing it. Now, 
throughout the 60s and 70s and 80s, we had lots of cults come out. And, uh, of course, the CIA were behind a lot of them, mind you. And the geneticists were behind a lot of them, too. Because in some cults, they actually came down to your breeding, breeding special people to create special people. And they actually go as far sometimes as taking samples of your blood groups and your family histories to make sure you're compatible and have similar interests. To try and, just like Plato said, inbreed and inbreed until you get the scientists that you're after or mathematicians or whoever it happens to be. And Sun Young Moon, remember Sun Young Moon, who was the head of the, his big church, the Moonies? who actually said he was a reincarnation of Jesus and a whole bunch of other people, which is all very new age, you see. And But he got such such immense build-up and backing from top politicians the world over and who, who would go out and speak on his behalf at big events, even ex-prime ministers. Anyway, Mr. Myung Moon's... Uh, he's waned, he's waned, you know, the waning moon, he's dead, it says here. Uh, Sun Myung Moon, the Korean-born founder of the Unification Church and self-proclaimed Messiah, who built a secretive global business empire that sells cars, guns, newspapers and sushi, has died. He was 92. So he was part of the big system that, that always uses these characters and all the followers, because they're roughly obedient. They're great spies as well. Really good spies. They'll keep their mouth shut and watch everything and report everything back to the headquarters. And as I say, then it's selling cars, guns, and, and all the rest of it. So it's handy to get guns shifted and military equipment shifted where you want to get a war started. So he's backed by all the top uh, covert agencies. Anyway, he was 92. He died in the early hours of uh, this morning at a church-owned hospital in Gapyong County, northeast of Seoul, and the church said in an email statement. So on August the 14th, he entered the intensive care unit at St. Mary's Hospital in Seoul with complications from a cold and pneumonia. To thousands of followers, Moon was the benevolent true father who was asked by Jesus to complete his unfinished mission on earth. There's quite a lot of them do that. You see, they come back and they say all the things that Jesus forgot to tell you. You know, there's a lot of lot of New Age books out there too, and very similar things as well. Uh, and he says the detractors um, to detractors, he was a megalomaniacal cult leader who exploited disciples through brainwashing, separated them from their families, and used their labor to amass a personal fortune. And so I don't think there would be any individual who would take his place," said Frederick Sontag, professional professor of religion at Pomona College in California, who studied Moon's organization in a 2007 interview. He's too powerful a figure. So he arrived in the U.S. from South Korea in 71. Obviously, he was picked up by the CIA and gained attention when he came to defense of President Richard Nixon during the Watergate crisis uh, two years later. A staunch anti-communist who'd been imprisoned in North Korea. Well, communism and capitalism is run by capitalism. Uh, He organized God Loves Richard Nixon rallies in Capitol Hill and met with the president in the White House. Now, what kind of governments would allow someone who says he's the, the reincarnation of Jesus? I don't care what he says, I mean, and, and what he's for or against. Uh, and, and he's got all this massive cult following of youngsters being specially bred, having their, their children especially bred for special tasks and taking DNA samples from... Who would put a character like that to stand up and, and give a talk from your, your, your main office, for goodness sake? Don't you understand it's all a big massive con? He built his U.S. following by touring the country, delivering fiery speeches, 
Translated from Korean into English, he deployed eager young acolytes to street corners where they sold flowers and candles and became known as Moonies. You used to see him all over uh, the European countries, mainly, mainly young hookers, actually, because that's what he was doing. They were told to do anything to get the young guys into the cult. I mean, anything. They're all over the streets. Yeah. So, and he did his mass weddings as well. Great eugenical experiments. How does a preacher with murky credentials draw a crowd in jaded New York City? Time magazine acts asked. And it says what you do is you, you feel like a core of 2,000 tireless plight young button holders who spend weeks offering people free tickets, invest $300,000 on publicity for the one night stand. That's what you do for all this stuff. $300,000 for public relations, PR, marketing. For a one night stand. Huh? Can you imagine the, the income that's going to come in from that? You're putting 300 grand out just on marketing. This is far more than Billy Graham has ever spent for an eight-day crusade. So he also did the most famous undertaking, a mass wedding of 2,075 couples in 1982. What's that tell you about humanity as well, eh? What does it tell you? Now, what about this one too? I mean, as I say, the culture's completely gone to the dogs, you know. And uh, they know that that was the idea behind it. And you find all the writings, H.G. Wells, uh, all, all Huxley's, all these guys, they always said that they'd have to destroy Christianity, especially because it gave common values to the people and kept societies, even small communities, pretty safe and quiet. Everybody knew the basic rules. Even if they didn't even believe in the actual religion itself, they all knew the rules, you see. They had something in common. And to destroy that, and the communists said the same thing, and the organization that ran communism said the same thing as well. But the Christians are appealing uh, in, in Europe to the secular, it's, human, it's, it's more than secular, it's a humanist organization, the European Court of Human Rights, and they don't stand a chance of getting justice. Why would Christians appeal to, to secular humanists that, that vowed to destroy Christianity? And since four persecuted Christians in Britain are to take their case to the European Court of Human Rights, and Nadia Awida is appealing against her having been sent home by British Airways for wearing a cross, and a little crucifix on her neck, while on duty. And Shirley Chaplin was moved to a desk by the National Health Service for the same uh, offence. It's an offence. Gary McFarlane was cited by Relate for refusing to counsel homosexuals. Uh, Lillian Ladette was disciplined after she declared she was not willing to conduct same-sex civil partnerships in North London. Because you see how far everything's been turned upside down. It didn't take long. Lots of propaganda. And it's all coming from your, your top, your main, mainstream media. Well, it helps it all on the way because they're told to, you see. So anyway, it says that, that, that I, 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 I wish the four of them well, but I honestly don't think or have, hold it much of a chance for their causes. A Christian appealing for justice from the secular ECHR, the European Union uh, Court, is not as similar from A from A begging for fairness from the Emperor, the Emperor Diocletian, who was notorious for his persecution of believers. Whatever happened to liberalism, the doctor of live and let live? In fact, there, there's no liberalism in British society. Nowadays, a so-called liberal is just a fraud, being a person who agrees only with those who agree with him. That's to say, for example, um, you, you, you can't be uh, intolerant and so on. And, and you've got to go into totalitarianism, as your government says. That's a, that's a good citizen if, you're in for, if you believe in totalitarianism. I'm not kidding you. As Orwell prophesied, everyone is equal, only some people are more equal than others.
the pretense of individual freedom. The reality is that this freedom does not extend to Christians. So the faith which did so much to create the social, moral, cultural and political life of a nation for over one and a half thousand years is now, as it were, the faith that dare not speak its name. Well, look at all the organizations that said they'd destroy it. You all know who they are, don't you? And also that a five, over a 500-year war against the church. They even filled the Catholic church with their own subversives for years. That came out in hearings in the U.S. by people who actually did the picking. And they were picking homosexuals to, to and advise them to go to the Catholic church. You see, the fallout today is finished. Pretty well finished. So anyway, that's your mainstream. And China, of course, has got so, it's on about China and, and what exactly is China really? What is China? They're your friend or your enemy and all the rest. It's what's where you buy all your stuff from because they make it all now. Why is that? Because your, your own politicians and governments who were run by the Council on Foreign Relations, Royal Institute of International Affairs, uh, this drew up the World Trade Organization and they, they let China sign it. And then we flooded China with all our cash. We trained all their engineers before they had factories to go home to, and then we transported all our own factories over to China and left us with nothing. And you paid for the transportation of them getting lifted up lock, stock, and barrel and to move to China, including you would keep funding them if they claimed that for the first 15 years they couldn't make the profit they expected. That's not a bad deal, eh? A communist country? You still think it's communist and capitalist? Who do you think runs China? Who do you think set up the banking system in China? Who do you think set up their whole system, in fact? It's the greatest country for cheap labor. It's even better than the Soviet Union. And in the Soviet Union, I mean, it was so bad at the end that nobody really did any work at all. You just couldn't get anybody to do work. You had to actually, like the National Health Service in Britain now, People have to bring in, relatives have to bring in to the patients, the relatives, clean bedding and stuff. That's how bad it is, because the nurses won't change anything. That's how the Soviet Union was. Britain's now arrived at that now. You think there's been no war going on? Still going on. Anyway, it says the heavy push to recover from the loans is another sign of strain of China's financial system at a time when the country's leaders are contemplating another round of stimulus to boost the economy. Well, you heard all that stuff before. And then banks worry about bad debts piling up. And it all started because uh, the, 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 the Chinese banks were putting out some lots of money to steel traders. And the steel traders had so much money given in them, about $4 trillion, and it says that stimulus uh, uh, runs in 2008 and offers a warning to those calling for pumping more money in the system because other guys weren't putting in steel at all. They're putting in personal, you know, penthouses and things like that and everything else. The same frauds that we're so used to in the West. And, and China's got it all too, you see. So the Chinese government's doing this cursory thing of, of finding the ones who've been blowing all their cash after getting these loans and they can't pay them back. We'll see what happens there. This is all the same stuff. Same banking system, by the way. The China always talks about its main, main bank. What is its main, main bank? You know, there's personal investors in that main bank. Guess who they all are? Same ones that run all the other central banks in the world. Now, I'll put up tonight to a pro-abortion Democrat scream, it says, 
pro-abortion Democrat scream at an 11-year-old pro-life girl at a convention. I know the radical feminists that are totally communized, really, to destroy society. That was the whole purpose of it, destroying society by every way that you can get in there. Destroy all the norms. I'll put that up tonight, too. And also... An article that's kind of rehashed again, but it's to do with killing babies. It's no different from abortion. You know, experts say, you know, once you're experts at killing babies, well, what else can they be? You know, parents should be allowed to have their newborn babies killed because they're morally irrelevant. And ending their lives is no different to abortion. A group of medical ethicists, now these are eugenicists, they call them ethicists now, bioethics, linked to Oxford University has argued. This is the stuff that the Soviets used to dream of as they, as they destroyed the cultures all around them. It's happened. It hasn't stopped, by the way. I mean, they're still preaching the same stuff in, in these very universities, Oxford. And it says, the article published in the Journal of Medical Ethics says, newborn babies are not actual persons and do not have a moral right to life. The academics also argue that parents should be able to have their baby killed if it turns out to be disabled when it's born. So they throw that in at the end to, to find it, because all those people on the edge, oh, maybe they're right about the disabled part. You see, they're very clever how it's done. I mean, they just come out spontaneously and just blurt this stuff out. They have massive meetings, and, and, and you know, they have psycholinguistics even come into it, the specialists, to make sure how, how to put it across to the, to the cattle. You know. Back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix and what a matrix is today. I'll be touching on that in a second. But, as I say, all the social norms were to be destroyed. And once you destroy it, you see, you get, you get the chaos that ensues from it because there's fallout and then that simply escalates like snowballs down a mountain. And, and you've got hundreds of snowballs coming at you. They're all bizarre, weird and not quite normal. He's a federal judge Tuesday ordered state prison officials to provide a taxpayer-funded sex reassignment surgery to transgender inmates serving life in prison for murder. This guy murdered his wife. But he's been living uh, dressed like a woman. He's still a guy dressed like a woman in, in a man's prison. So I guess once they give the transgender, which is a really simply an accolade to science, because he's still, he's just, then he's just a eunuch, you see, really. I mean, you're not a woman unless you've got ovaries and, and, and a woman and all the rest of it. You see, that's functional, it works. But we pretend, that even the media goes along with it, call them he's and she's, when they're not really, you know. So anyway, don't lose your, 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 your consciousness. Remember, this, this still or not, say what is. If you can't say what is, you're living in, well, there's no point in living at all. Really, if you can't say what is, uh, then and go along with insanity that you're supposed to adopt to be PC, then what's the point in it? What's the point? Anyway... So he's the judges now ordering them to have these pretense, you know, like a woman treatments, you know, like a woman, not not woman, but like a woman. And another one too is a flasher's sex change operation. Uh, does it mean that he is now a she? And a flasher will not have to undergo group sex offending treatment handed down as part of his punishment because he now is a she. No, he's not a she. He's a eunuch with a lot of hormonal treatments through science. And he's not got a woman. He's not got ovaries. Uh, etc. So, see how they try to change it in the media, the way they put it across here? 
and a former policeman set to return to the force as a woman after undergoing a gender change. Well, he's, he's not. He's still a guy. Well, he's, he's a eunuch again, you know. So a former police officer forced out the job 27 years ago because he wanted a sex change is set to return to frontline duties as a woman. See, this is the media, and they're all gleefully going over this stuff like wonder. No, 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 this is just science. It's not nature. Science. They can make you look like anything. If you want to look like a giraffe, they could do their best, I'm sure. You know. Still won't be a giraffe. And the Matrix director, Lana, has changed. I dreamt of dying every day. Lana Wachowski lived in fear prior to sex change in case family would reject her, it says. She revealed that her self-loathing over her gender was so bad she dreamed about dying every single day. He was a man at the time, of course, called Larry, but now, now it's Lana, you see. And you're supposed to go along because they're calling her a she. It's not. You see? It's not a she. And tonight, Sue also put up a couple of Articles, I've done it many times before in the past, from uh, Yuri Bezmanov, who was a defector from uh, the KGB and uh, the Soviet system, and he talks about the subversion of culture. That's where most of their work was engaged in. It wasn't espionage and, as he says, uh, blowing up things and so on. It was to destroy the culture from within. And here you have it today, folks, and it's still going on. Still going on, because the same boys who ran the Soviet Union, as I say, uh, are just part of the same city of London, Central Banking System, Royal Institute of International Affairs, CFR. And that was their goal a long, long, long time ago, and it still is today. They've pretty well won. And Besmanov goes through the stages of subversion of a culture, and how long it takes about 10 to 15 years, one generation. That was done in the 60s and continues with their offspring with updates in their education, which is their indoctrination into the next step. From Hamish Masella from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you. <laughs>